Hi everyone and welcome to the 95th episode of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host Daryl and I'm here with Lauren. Hello. Hi. Hello. Yep, it's just the two of us again. We tried to get some more people to join us on the show, but people have plans. What's that all I know. about? It's such a shame. Yeah, well, yeah. So, you get stuck with us, though. Yeah, you get stuck with us. But uh, it should be a fun episode. Uh, it's one of those ones where there's been pretty much no news announced by Square Enix. They're in a bit of a lull at the moment. So we're going to take the time to talk about some other things, namely Final Fantasy VIII-related We've been playing through the game a bit recently, actually. actually well, primarily Lauren's popped yeah. about 100 hours into it over the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, I was really surprised because Daryl was going on my Steam yesterday and was just like, um, I just asked him, you know, could you check mine and see how many hours I spent on um, the Final Fantasies. And I've spent more time on Final Fantasy VIII than I did on Final Fantasy VII. And I'm very proud of that because that's my favorite one. Yeah, that's a good thing to be proud of. Well, yeah. 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 So um, we're going to start off by some... Dis- with, 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 we're talking about some discussions relating to Final Fantasy VIII's story. Um, we asked uh, you guys about that, uh, I think, in the last week. So we'll be sharing some of your opinions too. We do have a little bit of news to talk about. So there's some stuff around Final Fantasy XV that isn't, it's not necessarily that positive, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll give our opinions on it. Mm. And then we've got the quiz. So we're joined by Mike today for the quiz, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll see how he gets on later in the show. But before we get into all that, I need to remind everyone that Final Fantasy Union is part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and it's presented by the Gaming Union Network and TweaksMusic.com. It comes out on the iTunes Store, FinalFantasyUnion.com, and GamingUnion.net, as well as SoundCloud, and now YouTube. Yay! Yay! We're branching out. Yeah. Yep. We're moving on up. Our YouTube, I don't think we've even created a URL for it yet, but we'll link to it somewhere so you can find it. Um, I think when we decide on the URL, I'll, I'll then spam that everywhere so that you guys yeah. can subscribe and, and all that stuff on there. Normally, I'll post it up on um, any of our social media pages. So like um, uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Tumblr, Google+, what have you. You'll find a link somewhere. You will. Mm. Also, um, just a, a word about Patreon. Uh, again, thanks for everyone who's uh, contributed so far and uh, kind of donated towards the running of the show. Um, mm-hmm. We just got another one, so thank you very much. Yes, thank and, you. And, um, you know, if you do want to donate, you can donate as little as like 60p or a dollar. Um, and, you know, if you want to donate a little bit more, then you kind of get stuff back from us. Like we'll we'll have discussions about what we're going to talk about on the show. Um, you also get the podcast uh, earlier than everyone else. Um, and also, if you donate the maximum uh, amount i think we've got 25 dollars mm. uh then you get the chance to have a skype conversation with uh, the hosts yep. so plenty of fun stuff to talk about yeah definitely and uh yeah so um if you feel like pledging then uh there's there's links in the show notes and everything so yeah you can you can find it pretty easily um and if you do then thank you very much we're very grateful mm, definitely so final fantasy 8 mm-hmm as I mentioned, Lauren's been playing through this quite a lot on Steam recently, uh, and, and if you haven't been able to do that so far, I would definitely recommend checking out. It's it's one of my favourite games in the series, and I know it's Lauren's favourite. Mm. Um, I think I don't know if it's still on sale. Is it? Um, no, no, that was just like a really like sort of short time thing. Basically, Daryl and I made a deal that um, I wasn't allowed to get Final Fantasy VIII or any other games on Steam unless if it was on sale. Which pretty and, much happens all the time, so yeah. I'm, I'm pretty screwed there. <laughs> so um, I finally got really excited because Final Fantasy VIII was on, like, not only, like, was it on sale, it was, like, 50% off or something. So I got that, and I got Final Fantasy III. And, um, yeah, um, the only issue that I have with the Steam version of the game, um, bearing in mind I've played the PlayStation 1 version of the game, um, is the fact that the sound is not good. It's not as good as it is on the original. However, I did find a way to cure this, and you can easily do it by, like, just Googling um, Final Fantasy VIII music pc version like you can just find it that way um and they have like really good tutorials on how to on how to update your music so that you don't have the crappy music it's kind of annoying they did that um i don't really understand why they did because they could have just put the soundtrack in it's a pc game you know everyone has massive hard drives these days but i guess they wanted to kind of keep it authentic and the whole thing is that um there's a really big difference in technology between seven and eight now Mm -hmm. seven soundtrack was really designed for uh, the playstation one sound card 
um, in a really basic level using uh, standard MIDI sounds and that translated quite well over to the PC because most PCs have those standard sound sets. Yeah. Um, I was, I've talked about it before, but I was in a slightly um, different position because I was really into music back in the way the Final Fantasy VII on the PC came out. Um, so I had really advanced uh, sound fonts on my computer. So my soundtrack sounded vastly different to everyone else's <laughs> in a positive way. I just didn't get any of the words coming through. And I still remember no. when uh, I was talking to someone about um, One Winged Angel and they were like, going, oh, it's so epic. You got all those like, choiring chants and in that. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? There's no, <laughs> there's no singing in this song. No. And then I found out later that there is. I just hadn't heard it in my version. But with Final Fantasy VIII, um, you know, a lot of modern PCs don't really even take MIDI into consideration anymore because it's such a dated piece of technology from that yeah. perspective. I mean, I mean, everyone still uses it um, when they're composing and things like that. It's it's really useful. But from a sound perspective, it's it's so out of date. And the Final Fantasy VIII <laughs> music mm-hmm. sounds diabolical, really. It's yeah. it's so terrible. I don't know if also, like, a part of it was just because I was playing it on a Mac on Parallels as well. I don't know, because the 7 sounded okay when you played it. Yeah, I guess so. But either way, um, yeah, check out Final Fantasy VIII on PC if you haven't. Mm. Uh, the graphics look, I'd say, marginally better. Yeah, I think it's just ultimately fun to just play it again and have it in a convenient spot. Um, I much prefer playing the Final Fantasy games on PC now. Like, I wish all of them were on PC, if only because... Although would you throw on Vita? Well, yeah. But I like I like having everything in one spot. Like, I really I really do like having, like, the games at my disposal, and then I can just, like, while I'm grinding, uh, watch something else on the side, like on Netflix or something. I'm a bit, like, strange like that. She gets really engrossed in the story. <laughs> you can tell. Hush! <laughs> no, it's just when I'm grinding. Just when I'm grinding. Everybody knows, like, grinding can get to be a bit... Yes, it can. Boring. But anyway, so with regards to the story, um, we kind of put it out to you guys, uh, I think last week, that we wanted to know if you thought Final Fantasy VIII was the most complicated story that they've created so far. Mm. And, uh, and in hindsight, I think complicated was perhaps the wrong word to use, but we, I couldn't really think about which way to describe it. I mean, basically the premise is that, I mean, I know that there are more complicated stories out there when they're kind of internalized. Like Final Fantasy yeah. thirteen story is incredibly complicated to the point where I remember when we were doing our um, retrospective for it back when Colin was on the show and Colin and I had to spend about three or four hours researching all the data logs <laughs> to try and like, actually get our head around what was even happening. But yeah. this isn't so much about complication. It's more about the fact that it, the story has so many question marks. Now, you guys might uh, have a different opinion on this, and if you do, please tell us in the comments. Um, but it, to my mind, there hasn't been another game in the series that has had so many question marks or that has, left, uh, that has implied so many things to the player where they've been yeah. able to form their own conclusions. And I also can't think of another game where the concepts have been so um, kind of open-ended. Yeah. They've allowed the community to create such wide and expansive theories and some of them are really really detailed to the point where like game faqs is traditionally known for guides like how to how to get through games stuff like that and and they've gone to the point where final fantasy 8 has faqs about the story (laughs) to to go through the different theories that have been created in like massive detail as to why this is the case or why this isn't the case how this is possible how this isn't possible it's just insane. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, that's one of the things that really sort of attracts me to Final Fantasy VIII, to be honest, because I love I love like sort of theorizing about possibilities and I love open-endedness and that sort of thing and yeah, um talking about it with Daryl earlier, um there really isn't another Final Fantasy that either of us can think of that has such open-ended questions. I mean, like, Final Fantasy VII has a bit of a cliffhanger, if only because the ending movie is of Red Thirteen running through the fields with the baby Red Thirteens. But it's still, it's self-contained. Like, we can yeah. we can assume that it's in the future, like, most of the main cast are probably dead at that point. Yeah. And Red Thirteen just kind of managed to survive. Like, it, it, does, it doesn't really <clears throat> need anyone to kind of explain it any further. Like, there wasn't no. any, there were no question marks. And I guess the same with, like, Ten, you could think, well, you know, there are lots of things that perhaps people could theorize about. And if Ten Two hadn't existed, there could have been question marks about, well, did Titus survive? Did he not? But 
because the story was so self-contained, I don't think anyone ever really asked those questions. No, like, no, it, it like didn't, it didn't fantasy, matter if he did or not. Yeah, Final Fantasy X would have been Final Fantasy X even if it didn't have X two. Like that's just the way it is. And then, like even Final Fantasy XIII would probably have still been Final Fantasy XIII without like the sequels. Like yeah, it could it, be yeah, standalone. It, was... it didn't really need anything else. If anything, the um, the story was only just open opened up again because of the sequel because they change it in the sequel. But like if you just play Final Fantasy Thirteen alone, it's it's pretty much yeah, it's pretty self contained. Yeah. Um. So we got some comments from the community here. One of them was from Giovanni Rivera on Facebook, and he says, "For me, it isn't all that complicated. What I find hard to grasp is the way they imply things." Like the way they show but not mention that Laguna is Squall's father. And the reason why you name or the name you give the Squall's necklace is actually turns out to be ultimacy is GF. I'm still wondering what's up with that. And I think that's one of the the points, isn't it? Like mm. that it's those little things that don't really exist in the other games. Like, yeah, most people will know that Squall is Laguna's son. But I don't think in the game ever they explicitly say it's just really hinted no. at by Ward and Kiros, isn't it? On like the Ragnarok. Well, yeah, it is. And then like by the people, if you go to Windhall, um, the people in the town sort of say about how um, Rain had a baby, and like they sort of explain how Rain had uh, just like a child, and you never see that child; all you see is alone. So you kind of can connect the dots as to that. That rain is that rain is Squall's kid, and the only time you that you Squall's ever really think, kid. oh yeah, Squall's rain's Birth-ception. kid. Sorry, 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 sorry. Um, sorry. Um, but the only time that um, Laguna ever actually uh, ever kind of addresses it is when you are in S. Uh, no, no, no. It's not when you're in Esther. It's when you're on Ragnarok, and um, he's just like, yeah, we got a lot of stuff to talk about once you're back, um, and that's it pretty much yeah um philippe on final fantasy union commented and said uh it's such a long time since i've played the game it's difficult to remember all the details it certainly is one of the most complicated once you reach disc two that is i remember really liking disc one with the deer as the main villain and i remember the ice javelin vividly but mm. once you get into the whole sorceress from the future thing it's where the story really started to get confusing and i think it's one of those games as well it's like okay so you've got necron in final fantasy 9 just kind of comes from nowhere but Ultima Sia did kind of come from nowhere. Like, uh, it, she is consistent throughout this. Like the story is consistent to her in terms yeah. of we know that the sorcerers are trying to do such and such. Like they're evil, blah blah blah. Yeah. And then Ultima Sia kind of comes through as the person like pulling the strings. Mm-hmm. But it is pretty strange. I guess it's just because you're learning about things as as the characters are learning about yeah. them like squall's very much on the outside even the in the beginning of the game like he doesn't really know but then it's what you expect lot. like you know that when at the start of the game they're just students who are trying to become seed members yeah and then also like sid is such an unreliable sort of um anything anything <laughs> like he the first like glimpse of um balam going into battle he runs away and is just like yeah no I think you guys handled it okay. Um, I just kind of ran away. Sorry. Yeah. So on that, on the the subject of the ice javelin, mm. this was actually this this specific scene spawned one of the, I guess the more popular theories, which yeah. is the whole squall is dead theory, which I'm guessing a lot of you will have heard of. Now, yeah. this was created by, and I apologise if the authors are listening and I'm butchering your names. It was created by Rahul Chowdhury and Deirdre Rater. And it was based on an idea that Duckroll from NeoGAF had come up with. And the, they've set up a website for it. I think it's just squallersdeads.com. Yeah. Or .net.org yeah, or something. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Basically, just if you Google, yeah, just Google, yeah, just Google it. Um, they've got three, over th- well, almost 3,000 comments on the page. And the piece itself is over 5,000 words, which is yeah. pretty long. It's really extensive. Yeah. So the whole theory is that Squall dies when mm-hmm. Idea shoots him with the ice javelin, basically. And then everything after that point is just some kind of dream. Yeah. Um, it's like s- some weird figment. And they kind of point at d- loads of different things. The fact that when Squall wakes up, he has no wound. Um, yeah, and that's something that Squall even says himself. He's just like, why am I all healed? 
yeah um there's there's some weird things happening like with the moombas and the shumi people like yeah pretty strange um sifu's relationship with renoa completely changes between disc one and disc two and three yeah um and in the ending there's like a big whole focus um on renoa like losing her face and squall kind of losing his face at one point and then the big scene where Squall dies kind of features a lot in terms of, but it's from Squall's perspective, like Renoa looking up at him and, and that kind of thing. It's it's a really in-depth theory. Like it goes into so yeah. much detail. Like they pull quotes out from the game in terms of like, um, even like with the whole Renoa and Sifu's relationship changing, how the word play works. Um, the fact that in disc one, she was very much into him. And then in, after that, she basically doesn't even mention him ever again. No, like she's like really... In the beginning, when you meet her, like, she is in love with Cypher. Like, she just absolutely, like, everything she says about him, she cares about him immensely. And when it seems like he's going to get executed, she's, like, openly upset about it. And Squall just doesn't want anything really to do with her. Like, they have, like, next to no sort of connection. If anything... Renoa and Squall just initially just don't like each other very much because they are such different people and Squall obviously dislikes Cypher and so Renoa just kind of stays away from him. Yeah, and then they, I guess they kind of get forced together a bit. But yeah. it, it is just strange that, you know, Cypher, obviously he goes quote-unquote evil. Yeah. Um, he's just misled more than anything. Yeah. Um, maybe, he, maybe it's him that cuts it off. Who knows? So it's one of those things that we don't really know about. Um, but basically, the uh, there's a, a, a probably just as large expose of the theory as well, which was uh, I think conducted by um, Emperor Matius on the Final Fantasy Wikia, um, and yeah, he basically goes through point by point saying why he doesn't agree with it, and he the whole School of Dead thing is it's based on facts, but it's also based on. Um, a lot of again um supposition so they're assuming things that yeah. make it possible for the theory to be correct yeah Whereas, like putting all the evidence there yeah which is kind of how theories work isn't it you're you're presenting the evidence that you think is true um then it's up for people to disprove that yeah um obviously it works their way around if you want the theory to be proved then doesn't theory anymore um but the whole point is so so uh this em- emperor matius uh, kind of talks about things like well um the mumbas and shumi are actually mentioned before school dies yeah. um norg is mentioned in the balan computer apparently if you look through that mm. on disc one and obviously you meet mumbas in laguna's flashbacks which happen before school dies um there are also other lots of other things mentioned um you know the whole no wound thing he basically goes through a large portion of final fantasy history to find um main characters who have been mortally wounded uh <laughs> and seem to have no ill effects from it final fantasy 7's got a load of them i mean yeah. like, if you if you take away eris other people have severe injuries like even like so cloud in crisis core and the whole bat like the whole thing from the past when he confronts sephiroth sephiroth just stabs him and and then cloud somehow managed yeah. to pick him up and throw him I around know. tifa gets like cut and then thrown down on a massive staircase yeah and it's fine it is funny how square enix chooses what is a mortal wound and what is not because yeah like eris eris really got off really easy I mean, like, she just got stabbed through the back into, I'm guessing, the heart, but it's still, like, under discussion, but, um, or under argument or whatever. Like, people say that she didn't even get cut in the, anywhere that would have killed somebody, but, um... She chose to die. She chose to die. She chose to give up her life. Anyways, um, but yeah, like, you compare her getting stabbed to Cloud getting stabbed twice not once but twice he gets stabbed also in advent children and he's just fine yeah absolutely fine hashtag deal with it yeah or hashtag don't care but whatever, then it's also whatever like, hashtag you want to use cloud is is pretty much epitomizing it but then it's also like you think about like Oren as well like Oren gets thrown well he does die he dies yeah yeah no that's what i'm saying like Oren Oren gets like hit on the head or whatever like he um he dies from his wounds from unaleska doesn't he yeah but and even then, he doesn't die. Like, why does he like? Why? Why is it that he dies and not like someone like Cloud? Because it doesn't suit the story they're trying to tell. Damn it! I know. 
Um, it's just silly. So yeah, there's loads of loads and loads of different points that they they pull up um, basically to to shoot it down. And like again, like I I really recommend that people a read through the theory first. I mean, like if even if you're reading it subjectively, um, you know, when I was reading through it, I'm like really like this. It's stretching a bit, mm. but there are points of it that do make some sense. Like it's it's not too far out there that it's completely ludicrous. And I know yeah. that when the guy is kind of depro- uh, um, debunking it, he's just like, you know, this is ridiculous. How could people even consider this? Well, the fact that he wrote like a two thousand word um, essay disproving it says that how how invested he was yeah like the fact that he cared enough to kind of go through that level of detail to to disprove this theory again i guess to me shows how impactful the final fantasy 8 story was that people are willing to have these open-ended discussions and arguments and debates about the story and what it means and how it uh, kind of works together which leads on nicely to our second big discussion point which i prefer i i think i prefer this one too the squall is dead theory just because i like squall so um this kind of we got a comment that leads into this from odette guardioso lopez um and they said absolutely final fantasy it has the most complicated story i mean it's got the witches the strange finale i couldn't understand in the first time i played final fantasy 8 but um it does have the most epic and special stories and it's with the whole witches thing is it's Again, it's one of those theories that it has a lot of credence to it. Like, it, it does make sense. And I'm going to let Lauren explain this one because it's one that she wants to believe in, I'd say. <laughs> well, basically, it's the whole the whole idea about it is that Renoa is Ultimessia. So Renoa um, and Ultimessia are connected if only because... Um, well, if you think of it this way, Renoa is like the last... She's like the last sorceress, okay? So we don't see Renoa's powers getting transferred to anybody else. She accepts powers from Medea. She accepts powers from Adele. And there's nobody else that they really say about. I mean, maybe there's something like down the line that she could pass her powers to. But ultimately, she is just like a shell for um, these sorceresses. So she has all three of the biggest sorceresses like just floating in her. And... um what happens is, is that some some people seem to think that the evilness of Adele's powers that she accepts corrupt Renoa, and then over time, as her friends die and um, Squall dies, she becomes more bitter. And um, it goes along nicely with the other theories of the game or the other like sort of uh, narrative of the game, where like. You think about like the guardian forces, the guardian forces cause you to forget a lot about what's happening. And so they think, oh, well, Renoa would forget and forget over time about the things that were important to her and the things that kept her sane. And then it just got to the point where she just became so twisted that all she wanted was power and all she wanted was to just live. Um, She just was so afraid of dying and this sort of thing. So, um... I I find it insanely interesting, if only because, like, there's so many things that point towards it. Like, um, if you observe, I mean, the biggest one that everybody talks about is the fact that Renoa's face um, model is very similar to Ultimessia's, which you can see in the ending of the game. Um, you never see Renoa in her sorceress form. You um, see Ultimessia in her sorceress form. And if you like sort of pair the two together it does kind of look like Renoa is Ultimessia just with like a ton of makeup on much how like Adia turns into Adia from Matron um but yeah um and then also it's the outfits as well the outfits is very similar um the wings on the back she has the wings and then also even the dress that she wears is very similar because it meets in the center and flares out much like how Renoa's does um then also it's the fact that um and this has been sort of disproven but it's still sort of open-ended um about the fact that she has a griever as her um as her guardian force um the the reason why i say it's like been disproven is because um they say that ultimately ultimacia just kind of took it from squall while she was fighting him anyway so um it wasn't as if she already had it. She was taking it from Squall. She was unleashing it from um, 
from Squall's, like, soul or whatever, and, um, unleashing it that way, um, which is fair enough, but, like, uh, I know on websites and stuff, they keep saying, well, Square Enix has has said that this is not true, um, but there, there has been no sources that I found from Square Enix saying anything of the sort, um. Well, I, I... You did find one? Well, kind of, um, Uh so, yeah, the whole thing is that, first of all, to disprove it, um, apparently Ultimania talks about sorceresses and sorceress lifespans, and they say that sorceresses have normal lifespans. They don't live any longer than anyone else, and when they pass on their power, it's not a decision they get to make. Mm. So um, when when their life is ending, either through age or becoming mortally wounded, their body will force them to give their powers up to someone else. Mm. Now, the whole age thing is that it's the theory is based on the fact that she can live mm-hmm. an extended life. Mm-hmm. And people are um, theorizing, yeah, as you said, that it's because she had all the powers from the sorceress has made her stronger in some way. Um, there are other things saying how um, by securing her power, like Esther technology has, has enabled her to, to, to live longer and stuff like that. But the Ultimus, uh, Ultimania also says that well, even the game, that Ultima series is generations and generations in front of where they are. That's like hundreds of years. Mm. She would have to live for a long time. A very long time. Although, I don't know. When does it say that she is from generations ahead? I think it says it in the game somewhere. I don't know. Well, it's definitely quite a way in the future. Yeah. Because I could argue that like it's just Renoa near the end of her life. We don't know. But, no. the, but the theory is based on her living longer. I'd like to see. I'd like to see the quote, uh, a quote from the game that says that she is from like hundreds of years, like hundreds of years. Yeah, I could say okay, that's that's fair enough. But like, if you notice, like Ultimessia does have white hair. Like you think of um, Adia. Adia still has black hair. She's still relatively like in line with matrons. But people do age. get grey hair at a young age. They could, they could get they grey could, hair yes. at a young age. Um, other things um, that people have pointed out is, yes, the whole Grieva thing. Um, yeah, you could argue that she takes it from Squall. Uh, I, I, I don't really have a preference either way, but people have pointed out other things, though. So, for example, Ultimacy's castle contains certain enemies. Mm. Um, like Tiamat, is, people are very openly suggesting that that is a corrupted version of Bahamut. Mm. And a mega weapon is a corrupted version of Ultima Weapon. Mm. So, like, there are harder versions of the same enemies that appear elsewhere, or, like, monsters that are appearing elsewhere mm. um, that have become evil and twisted and corrupted. Um, the other thing is that Renoa apparently says during the game, um, and this kind of is, is in support of the theory, that she doesn't want a future. She just wants everything to stay in one time state, one time. Yeah. Which is obviously what Ultimacy's game is. Like, that's what she wants. Yeah. She wants there to be a single time where everything yeah. just exists at once. Um, and she also says that um, when she's worried that people are going to hunt her down, uh, that she doesn't want anyone to kill her other than Squall. Yeah. Which is obviously what does happen. Like, it, the whole thing is manufactured. Like, this is when it gets into the whole theory game because really the whole thing is manufactured by Ultimacia so that Squall can kill her. Yeah, yeah. Which, although it? I did just think of something, time compression. What about time compression? Well, how would Renoa would Renoa be able to use time compression in order to go into the future? What do you mean? Like, would she have been able to jump into the future? Well, no, that's because like, that's what Ultimacy is trying to achieve. Yeah, like she hasn't done it. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it, it's it's difficult because like when you fight Ultimacia, from what I from what like you and I sort of understood, like you're fighting her not in the future, you're fighting her where time stands still. Which... Yeah, because that's when she's like managed to kind of achieve it. But like she hasn't pulled everything together. That's that's like a it's the whole thing, like I know it's really badly done because basically of of uh, lack of memory resources. Like when you go into the world map you can't get into any of the areas because uh, they're not in that time zone anymore like mm. it's like that weird thing where it's the time is being compressed but it hasn't fi- it hasn't succeeded yet mm. like there's just pockets of different things appearing elsewhere and stuff like that yeah. like it's yeah i mean like and the whole thing of with um th- this argument has kind of again you you can't you can't 
understand what their their notion what their um idea was when they did it but you know Renault and ultimacy and looking the same could just be because of a lack of resources yeah I know. like you know <laughs> everyone always points at the fact that cloud and lightning look almost the same like new cloud yeah. and lightning look almost the same very similar character models like it could yeah. have just been a lack of budget that they just thought okay well We'll, we'll just, just use, use the same one. Yeah, we'll just use the same and one. And she does have very, she does have different eyes as well. Like, um, if you look closely at her eyes, her eyes are a, a noticeably different shape to Vrinoa's eyes. But I mean, so yeah, many people. So this, this was there was a very, very large, very large post about this on Game FAQs, uh, <laughs> which was written by Sir Bahamut. The Lion, the Onion Knight, and Squall of Seed. Um, mm. Definitely check it out. Uh, we'll put links on the YouTube and on the site, uh, everything, so that you can kind of read through these if you want to. Um, they are the ones who kind of they translated the Ultimania and talked about the whole lifespans and generations yeah. and all that stuff. Um, but um, they all they, there is a whole thing with Skronix basically trolling. Yeah. Because in Dissidia, Renoa and Ultimacia have weapons that have the same names yeah like they both use and, and they're the only characters in Dissidia that have that connection yeah. like all the other villains have unique weapons and all the other main characters have unique weapons it's just those two that use exactly the same weapon names I don't think Renoa's been in it yeah has she um I'm not sure actually I don't think she has but like there's that and then there's also the fact that like um, they heavily hint it in the trailer because um, they have a scene where um, in the trailer for Dissidia Duodesum, um you see Ultimesia go up to Squall. Um, I think it's for Duodesum. I think it was for that. But there's um, a bit where she goes up to Squall and sort of puts her hand on his cheek. And it's just like a very, a very sort of, um, I don't know, it's a very sort of loving hand placement from what i from what i sort of like theorized but um i don't know yeah it could just be square enix just sort of trolling and being mean they do love to do that i know they're so harsh on our emotions but i mean like ultimately i keep saying ultimately probably because of ultimus yeah um but like they're simply theories. Like none of this is, you can believe it or you cannot believe it. Like it's it's entirely up to you. I I choose to sort of accept both. I think um, it adds something. Like the fact that the people are willing to do this, it kind of adds to the life of the game. Yeah, and like it makes it so much more interesting because it's just the whole discussions. People like to talk about things, and if you've got a game where like it's just start, end, finish, done. And there's nothing to talk about. It, it really uh, just cuts down the amount of longevity the game has as, yeah. as an experience. And I think, you know, Final Fantasy IX came out, what, in like 98, mm-hmm. 99? Um, and people still, to this day, are talking about these theories. Yeah. Like, those, the School is Dead post is still getting comments every, like, every couple of days where people are kind of chipping in, saying whether they believe it or not, Um and even if they do believe it, it's kind of like, you know, well, it's more, I, I want to believe this, but because it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there are people saying as well, like, you know, I played through Throne Fantasy 8. And, and if, if you don't have these things, these discussion points, really the story is kind of, compared to the games, is then very simple. Yeah. It's just a love story, really. Yeah, which is why, like, I know that there was a lot of people in the comments who just sort of said, ah, it's pretty straightforward, but... Like, it's it's straightforward when you don't have to explain it to someone. I found that out. Like, um, I was talking to one of my guy friends at work, and like he was just like, "Yeah, I was really confused by the whole Ultimacia thing. Like, when do you when do you fight her? Like, um, do you fight her? Do you fight her in the future, or do you fight her at like um a sort of set time?" And when I was just trying to explain like time compression and that sort of thing, I just noticed how much more like complex it was, and I just got, I got so lost. I just kept talking. That's what Wikipedia is for. I know, but yeah, no, it is. It is really, it is really complicated when you sort of start thinking about it and there is so much random crap that happens in the game like yeah final fantasy 8 is probably the most sci-fi of all the games yeah because like it's, i mean final fantasy 8 9 has space travel but i, I get well nine's a weird one 
Okay, that's just... I don't even want to go in that. You've got, like, weird mist-powered ships that look really old, and you've got massive spaceships and planet... Inter- oh, whatever. Um, anyway, so we're going to go to the news now. <laughs> okay. Let us know what you think about all the discussions and the theories and stuff, and which whether you believe any of them, whether you don't. Um, yeah, great to hear your opinions. Um, but, yeah, the news. There is actually some news. Yay! Um, as I said, it's not necessarily that positive. Um, the first story we have is that the main programmer for Final Fantasy XV has apparently left Square Enix. So rumours were starting following the news that Kentaro Yasui, who um, is the lead programmer on Final Fantasy XV, has actually started working on a new game for called Chaos Centurions at another company, which is made up of former Square Enix and Capcom employees. So that was that was quite an interesting one to find out that way. Um, you know, he, if you if in case you don't know, which which most of you probably don't, and I I didn't until I researched it. Um, Yasui actually worked on uh, Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VIII. He's also worked on King, the Kingdom Hearts series, and uh, his, yeah, his latest project was to be the main programmer of Final Fantasy XV. Mm. Although I know I know a lot of people are sort of like freaking out about like about this sort of thing, but I don't know. Yeah, I did, I mean. It's not official yet. I mean, Nova, no. Nova Crystallis, uh, another Final Fantasy fan site, have uh, spoken to a source within Square Enix who say that, yeah, he has left. Um, but, you know, people leave all the time. And I was actually thinking about this in, in context. You know, most people in kind of professional life these days probably stay in jobs maybe like two, three years. Um, yeah. There's not the, the, the whole concept of uh, having a job for life just doesn't really exist anymore because... Um, companies fluctuate so much. Uh, people these days want change. Like they, they're not as willing to settle, and and jobs don't have the same security anymore. Whereas yeah. you know, if you think about this guy, he's been working at Square Enix for probably the best part of twenty years. Yeah, it's about it's, time. It's, it's not surprising that he wants to leave. And and who knows? Maybe maybe Square Enix knew he was going to leave a while ago. Um, yeah. You know, it's maybe they were already planning for it. Maybe they've already hired a, a replacement who they feel is competent. Maybe he's already been working there for a while, so that yeah. you know when this guy's left, um, it's not going to impact the project whatsoever. Uh, yeah, Either way, Square Enix are never going to tell. <laughs> yeah, like it's, it, but that's because it's none of our business. Exactly. You know, as, as long as the game comes out and it's to the standard that they expect, which obviously we will be the judges of. Yeah. Um. Then, then who cares whether this this guy's left or not? I mean, obviously you have to say thanks for everything he has done in the past. Yeah, definitely. Um. But, and wish him well for his future. And mm-hmm. but he's not the only person to have left. And I think this is where kind of the panic started setting in a bit more yeah. because. Uh, Yoshihisa Hashimoto also left Square Enix, and he was their technical director and was in charge of the Luminous engine, which is uh, something obviously they're very proud of at the moment. Um, and his one of his main projects was actually Agony's Philosophy, which mm-hmm. uh, was that really awesome tech demo that arrived in 2012, and has basically since no one's ever heard anything about it. Yeah. Um, well, I think that was what that is what it was. I it still was didn't understand demo. what the point of that tech demo was. I think it would show off how pretty it is. No one else does that. Eh the point square enix just does it's true yeah i mean like i like think of it this way like for playstation 3 they had the revamped final fantasy 7 well, no final fantasy 7 remake for playstation 2 they had um the remake of the Balam garden yeah. um dance uh that squall and renoa do um, pieces, they just like to show up but that's like the thing like square enix have always been known for their graphics and this luminous engine is like the next big thing for them and it it did look really pretty but I just still remember everyone at the time saying, "Why can't this be an actual game? It looks far more exciting." Than <laughs> else. It oh, would dear. be cool. Anyway, so yeah, that's that's pretty much it for Final Fantasy 15. There has been nothing else, which is really disappointing because Gamescom obviously just happened. Um, and I remember in the past when I went over to Gamescom, although this was kind of before um, the uh, well, the, the whole the split between Japan and the West and the whole how they treat conventions. But I remember. Um, I think it was 2010 or 2009 mm-hmm. or whatever and had a nice conversation with Kataze and he's telling me all about um, Dissidia and Type Zero and uh, Final Fantasy Versus 13. It's great fun. <laughs> but no, apparently uh, the, the Japanese really don't go over to um, Gamescom anymore, especially because I guess they would have done their stuff for E3. Um, yeah. But they didn't really even do that much at E3 either. It, I mean, there was some rumors flying around about release dates and stuff like that, but that's that's basically a load of hoochie yeah. what's it. 
Yeah, yeah, there there were a few rumors going around about Final Fantasy 15 and Final Fantasy, or sorry, Kingdom Hearts 3 being released um, March 2015. And then there was another great one, um, them being released on the same day. Yeah, it sounds perfectly plausible. I think that plausible. that sounds oh, like the worst possible idea that Square Enix would ever do in their entire lives. So um, if you see this... Ignore like, it. Yeah. Ignore it like the plague. I know, because, yeah, like, that that would just be, like, like that would just be so dumb. Yep. So the other piece of news uh, was actually not related to any game specifically. It's that Square Enix registered a trademark for a prequel trilogy. Hmm. And that just set everyone off. Because I know. it just, it could be anything. Um, you know, some of our comments were, Arvis uh, on the forum said... Uh, well, maybe they've announced Final Fantasy Thirteen: The Birth of Lightning trilogy. Oh God! <laughs> yep, they even need more lightning. Okay. Three games about her. Lightning as a little baby. And another one was from Billy Jackson, who talked about maybe a Final Fantasy Ten prequel. I would absolutely love that, but for some reason, I don't think that that would be split into three games. Just the fact it's a trilogy. I think it. Oh well, the most logical theory, and I think somebody else said this. I forget who it was, but um is that it is going to be an HD remake, or, yeah, an HD sort of remix version of um, Final Fantasy VII, Before Crisis, Crisis Core, and um, perhaps uh, a bunch. It's escaping me. What's the movie? What's the animated movie? Last Order. Last Order. Well, they wouldn't need to, because that would be four things then. But um, Because if they did an HD Final Fantasy VII, Crisis Core, and Before Crisis, that's your trilogy there. Well, yeah, but that wouldn't La- be that wouldn't be prequel, would well, it? Well, Last Order. Oh, well, Last well, Order takes place during Final Fantasy VII, and technically, of. Last Order is non-canon. Mm, that's true too. It's also yeah. only about twenty minutes long. <laughs> yeah, it's true, but that's that's just what it is, isn't it? Because um, with Final Fan- or with Kingdom Hearts, oh, I'm getting so mixed up now. Um, with Kingdom Hearts, it's been um, for the remixes at least, it's been two games, one movie, two games, one movie. So it would make sense that it would be the Final Fantasy VII thing, or maybe something like, um, maybe they'll add like some little movie or something for um, for Final Fantasy VII, but. It that that's the only thing that I sort of thought like you know what that actually would make yeah, a lot I, of sense. I think I said on the forums as well, and I I did research this, but um, back in I think it was Yuichi Wada who said that they had always planned. Well, or he wasn't obviously wasn't in charge when Seven came out, but when he took over, the whole compilation of Final Fantasy Seven, um, it was supposed to be a twenty year experience. Mm. And Final Fantasy VII came out in 1997, so technically we have another three years remaining <laughs> in those 20 years. And I still... Dirge's, no, was it Dirge's, no, Crisis Core. <laughs> There's too many games. Well, basically, one of the endings really, really leads on... Oh, Dirge's Cerberus. ...to something with Genesis. Yeah. Like Genesis was maybe meant to be the protagonist in a new game uh, yeah. and it just got shelved or whatever because Dirge Cerberus didn't do so well. I, I don't know, but it's... That would have been really cool. There, there was the whole mass rumor of Endless Crisis, which I'm still going to go banging on about because <laughs> it makes sense because you've got A, B, C, D, E. Like, mm. that's... It, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe, maybe we will see Ender's Crisis one day. Maybe it's going to be the third game in this trilogy. Mm. Although technically it wouldn't be a prequel because it all happens afterwards. Who knows? Whatever. I, I don't know. Mm. A, B, C, D, E. So, Advent, Advent Children, Children, Before Crisis, before Crisis, Crisis Core, Dirge Cerberus. Cerberus. Yep. And then, well, there would be an Endless E Crisis. and then there would have to be an F. So I guess that would be Final Fantasy VII. Maybe. So they did. They, yeah. They would just need an E. Yep. That would be really cool, though. I I would totally totally fight for that. And everything else mentions crisis, really. Well, apart from Dodge Service. Crisis. Woo. They love the word crisis. Yeah, they love crisis. Anyway, that's pretty much it for the news. Um, the only other things we're talking about are the cafe that opened, which yeah, Lauren oh was my God. really excited it about. It looks so cute. If you haven't seen it already, go on our site and um, all the images. Um, well, a lot of images from the cafe are on there, and. I, I I kid you not. This like looks like the most adorable thing ever, and I wish that we could just get tickets to go to Tokyo right now and go and eat there. 
Um, donations yeah. are accepted. <laughs> yeah, donations are accepted. Um, Although you should yeah, probably spend the money on taking yourself there first. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would say so. Um, it's Final Fantasy XIV themed. Um, it's the Orzia Cafe. Um, and they have, well, one, they have computers set up in order to play Final Fantasy XIV. Two, they have, like, tons of memorabilia, like um, these massive swords and... Um, like all these different things from the game um, that have been sort of um, showcased on their walls and this sort of thing. And, and like the atmosphere inside, it looks really nice. And then the food looks absolutely scrumptious. Like um, they have some desserts. They have one that is a little Moogle. It's like, in the, it's like a nice little dessert in the shape of a Moogle. Um, and yeah, all sorts of stuff. And it just looks amazing. Yeah. The other and thing that is my... related is that uh, they did a free trial for Final Fantasy fourteen. Mm. Um so if you manage to check that out then let us know. Oh yeah, and then they are doing the referrals now. So um if you have any friends who aren't playing Final Fantasy fourteen at the moment and um you would like them to, um if you refer them to the game, you can and they go on and they either buy um a 30-day package i think for the 30-day package you get something like a friendship circlet or something of that sort um and then if they go on and they buy they buy a 90-day um subscription then you the person who referred them get a um chocobo that is rideable by two people which looks well they did adorable let's put it this way okay they very much sold it with the pictures they gave out because it's got a lalafell on the back just going yeah yeah which obviously isn't gonna be the case for everyone because not everyone plays lalafell yeah daryl and i both play lalafell because we just want to be cute basically they're awesome they are they are freaking adorable and i can't get those youtube videos out of my head Oh my god! Yeah, I've been um, watching all of those YouTube videos. Um, I don't know if you've seen like a day in the life of a Lalafell. I, I it just makes me happy. I just love it. It's this little Lalafell, and his hands are up, are up and spread wide, and he's just running through in his underpants, just running up at things like enemies and stuff. And there's really catchy music in the background. Um, yeah, that's what I watch on YouTube, by yep. the way. Um, but. Yeah, no, Lollafells are awesome. You haven't lived until you've seen a Lollafell try to go to bed at night. It's so cute. Lauren sees it every night. Yeah, because I curl up in bed like a Lollafell. Yep. Anyway, so um, that's, pretty much, yeah, that's pretty much it for the news. Um, we're now going to go over to the quiz Woo! where Mike tries his hand. Hey, Mike, welcome to Final Fantasy Union. How's it going? It's going pretty well. How are you guys? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, we're excited for the next edition of the quiz, put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> so what have you Same been up yeah. to so far this weekend? Uh, let's see. I've had a lot of work going on. Uh, I work uh, at uh, some retail stores, and then I also do a little thing on the side for a professional wrestling I'm a referee. Oh, that's quite oh, cool. cool. So that takes up my Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really awesome, though. Yeah, How long have really you been fun. doing it for? I've been wrestling my whole life, so it's, it's kind of cool to be a part of it now. Mixing yeah, fun of fancy and wrestling. Yeah. Dream yes. team. <laughs> so, I mean, like, a couple of weeks ago, they had the Final Fantasy fourteen free trial. Were you tempted? I was. I was really tempted, but I, I didn't bite. Oh, <laughs> well, maybe in the future. I think, uh, you know, it's it's turned a lot of people around. Mm. I think um, anyone, well, anyone who tries it seems to end up enjoying it. I'll definitely have to uh, look more into it, and I'll check it out for sure. Well, what's your Final Fantasy background? Like, where, did you, where did you start off, and uh, how did you end up here today? Uh, let's see. Uh, when I was younger, I started playing Final Fantasy IX because a friend of mine was playing it, and I thought it was really intriguing. And I, all I wanted to do while he was playing it was just <laughs> grab his controller and play. It was mine. Uh, and- <laughs> I ended up getting the game myself, and then from there I jumped onto the earlier titles. And then when Ten came out, uh, that became my favorite game, and yeah, uh, that's a good one. played a lot of the main console ones. I just haven't really gotten into the online ones. So what you're saying is that Final Fantasy IX isn't your favorite? That is correct. <gasps> I don't know how I feel about this. It breaks Daryl's theory. You yeah. just ruined I am sorry. everything. <laughs> if I'm- if I have to be a hundred percent honest with myself, I would say that Final Fantasy IV is my 
True wow, that's an interesting one. That is a very interesting mm. one. I love this story. I don't know why. We're going to have to have another debate now about first game syndrome. I know. Because you, yeah. just, you <laughs> just... You revamp it. The walls are just crashing down around me. <laughs> oh, well, I am sorry. It's okay. I'm You'll sure, recover. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get better over time. I just need a few more people to tell me that their favorite is their first. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to go back to normal. Anyway. Well, I wish best of luck. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> Anyway, so moving on to the quiz, we've now had quite a few contestants. I think you're number, I think you're number seven. So I'm guessing you've listened to some of the quizzes before. How do you feel? Like, do you feel that you're up to the challenge? Uh, absolutely. I have listened to them, and I know that if I don't know a question, I'm just going to pass. Oh, that's good. that's confident. Yeah. Confident. It's good yeah. to hear. But if you are listening for the first time and you're not familiar with the quiz here are the rules and also for you again Mike just to remind you um, you're going to be asked 10 questions and we will take your first answer for every question and you'll have 60 seconds to get through them all so obviously it's advised that if you don't know the answer just skip as quickly as possible Um, but if you do kind of have an inkling uh, give it your best shot I mean uh, if it takes a couple of seconds to get the answer that's obviously good but um, try not to give the incorrect answer first and then give the correct answer because we'll have to veto unfortunately you will get 10 points for every answer you get correct but if you manage to blast through and finish before the 60 seconds are up you will get any time additional added to your score currently the leader is arvis who's on 70 and he gets progressively more nervous with every single episode (laughs) will this be my time it could be well if you're listening arvis start holding your breath yeah, now. Yeah, start holding your breath now. You've got about 60 seconds. <laughs> anyway, so as a reminder to anyone who's uh, at the top of the leaderboard at the end of the year, we're going to give away a prize. We've got a few different things that we've been scouting out to give away. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't quite decided what it's going to be yet, but it should be pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to try and get something that's quite, well, quite rare, hopefully, but well, you never know. Yeah, if, definitely. We'll, if we end up with something that's not rare, then that's going to be disappointing, but we're going to try our best. Yes. Yes. Anyway... Just to remind everyone, these questions are about a range of Final Fantasy topics, although we've tried not to be too harsh, so uh, it's not going to be an entire quiz about Final Fantasy 2, because that would be probably not very kind to anyone. Yeah, no, that'd be That'd be mean. terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we've got, a, we've got a wide range of questions in here, and uh, hopefully we're going to test your knowledge of the Final Fantasy series as a whole, including some of the more recent stuff. So yeah, hopefully you've been paying attention to some of the news that's been going on. Yep. Oh, well, good luck to me. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Are you ready? Yes. Lauren, start the clock. In Final Fantasy VIII, what does DF stand for? Guardian Forces. Can you name one of Final Fantasy X's composers? Uh, Nobuo Uematsu. Which Final Fantasy III job type appears as one of Lulu's weapons? Pat. What is the name of Renoa's dog? Pat. What does Nora stand for in Final Fantasy XIII? Oh my god, Pat. What game does the Moogle Stiltskin first appear in? Six. Can you name one of the remnants of Sephiroth? No, pass. What's the name of Final Fantasy XII's spin-off? Uh, Final Fantasy XII, uh, Raptor Wing. Who did Cloud inherit the Buster Sword from? Zack. What's the sequel to Theatrhythm called? I'm sorry, repeat. What's the sequel to Theatrhythm called? Ah, uh, pass. Right, done. Yep, that's all the questions. I, li- I did let uh... you run over there by about a second there because you didn't hear the question, so um, you passed anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how, how, how do you think you did? I think I did pretty horribly, actually. It's it's quite it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because um, I think if you uh, were really listening, it's it's so much easier listening. But when you're under the spotlight, it just yes, it just freezes. Yeah. So I'm gonna take it over to Lauren here, and she's gonna tell you how you did. Okay. So uh, number three was um, a job class that. where is it? Ah, there it is. Okay. Which Final Fantasy III job type appears as one of Lulu's weapons? Um, you passed, and it was Onion Knight. Oh, um, right. Yeah. Uh, what is the name of Renoa's dog? Um, that was Angelo. Um, oh, the stupid card was so powerful, too. Yeah, I know. Uh, number five, uh, what does Nora stand for in Final Fantasy Thirteen? If you got this one, we would have been ooh, impressed. We would have, we would have like, cheered you. Um, it actually stands for No Obligations, Rules, or Authority. I think everyone knows who Nora are, but no one really knows what it stands for. I know, <laughs> I know. Yeah, um, that, that is what stumped me. I didn't know what it stood for. I think this one, this next one was a bit tricky as well, because um, you can definitely second-guess yourself on it. Uh, which game does the Moogle Stilt Skin first appear in? And that was Final Fantasy IX. 
But oh. I know, but the way you like think about it, you're like, did it change? Surely it's got to be before yeah, that. Oh. Um, yeah, because that's nine, but then I might have been thinking of naming way for some reason, which is also incorrect. Yeah. But this one, uh, this next one, name one of the remnants of Sephiroth, and that would have been the um, the guys they're also, from yeah, Advent they're, Children. They're also known as the Silverhead Men um, in Advent Children. Um, and you had a choice of Kadaj, Lowe's, or Yazoo. Um the last question was, um, what was the sequel to Theatrhythm called? And that was Curtain Call. And that's out next month. Mm-hmm. And oh, um, so that's, that's it for the wrong questions. And overall, you got um, four out of ten right. So that your score is a 40. Which isn't too bad. I mean, again, that's, that's no. mid-range in the leaderboard. And I think, Definitely. you know, those some of those questions are quite difficult. Yeah, I would say for the range of randomness, that was pretty all right. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, as I said, we uh, we tried to get a few in there. Like some of the, the theatrical question was quite new. Um, mm. And uh, the Remnants of Sephiroth one was uh, one of the red herrings that we pr- we sort of threw in there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, freaking Kadaj, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was, I was I was impressed with the ones you did get though. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, um, not many not many people will really um, know of Revenant Wings that well. Um, no, definitely not. And uh, I, I was when you were with the Final Fantasy X composers. I thought it's it's such an easy one because it's Uematsu, but it's also not yeah. because you're thinking, well, why are they asking me this question? Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking maybe that was like I don't remember what his last game was. That but, was his last yeah. one. Yeah, that's what I, I was contemplating back and well, forth. Well, he's, like, he's oh, done other six, I hope, but yeah. <laughs> I hope it's Uematsu because I love his music. Yeah, it was the last one he did properly. Um, mm. Obviously, he's, he's uh, ventured in and out since then. He obviously did Final Fantasy XIV. Mm. Um, but yeah, Final Fantasy X was the last one where he kind of did a, a main series. Yep, they put the band hammer on it. But yeah, oh, thanks, a lot for, uh, thanks, thanks a lot for taking part, uh, Mike. But, um, hey, if, not a problem. If, if you're listening and you'd like to take part in the Final Fantasy Quiz, there are numerous ways that you can take part. Mm. You can tweet us at FFUnion. You can send us a message on our Facebook page or you can respond to any of our online communications such as the forums or sending a private message or replying to the comments on the podcast thread or SoundCloud or YouTube. Whatever way you're listening to this, mm-hmm. just let us know and we will enter you into the draw and you can be on the quiz like Mike was today. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot for taking part, Mike, and coming on the show. All right. Thank you guys for having me. Welcome back, everyone. Um, well, congrats to Mike for actually making it through the quiz. Yeah, it's true. It's, um, I think... It's one of those things where I, when we speak to everyone beforehand, they're always super confident, which I guess you would be because everyone... Well, I'm always like really, really sort of stoked, especially when people say like, you know, I've played this game, this game, this game, and I'm like, ooh, maybe they'll maybe they'll actually like get through it. And then they do well. It's, it's, just, that, <laughs> it's just that thing, like, and I think I would probably be exactly the same if I was on the other end. It's, it's very easy for me to be sitting on this side asking the I questions. Know. But if I was the other way around, I'd... You got you got sixty seconds to get through as many questions as you can, and like if you don't come up with the goods straight away, it's it's hard. Yeah, like it's it's hard. Yeah, I would not want to be on the other end, if only because like I mean, you're thinking you have like about twenty five years worth of trivia that is completely random what you're gonna get, and um, yeah, it's just a bit crazy. Yeah, well, as I mentioned before, if you want to take part in the quiz, you want to knock Arvis off his pedestal. Which he's now laughing on. Then uh, then let us know, and we'll throw you into the hat. Yep, we'll do. So that's pretty much it for this episode. Uh, we've got music now, uh, which is from Final Fantasy IV. Yes, we've ditched the Final Fantasy Seven. <laughs> we've got a remix of uh, Kingdom of Baron, mm. and uh, it's done by City Project, so hopefully you enjoy that. It's a slightly different take on things. I was toying with um, putting up a theatrical version of uh, um, Freya's theme from Burmesea, but it, it had screaming and stuff in it. it was, yeah. That was right. I, I don't know. I just yeah, it was interesting, but yeah, it just had like random yelps. And yeah, I wasn't scary sure if stuff. people would really like the screaming. Um, no. it, it's it's context based because it's supposed to be you know playing through scenes and stuff. But yeah, it's a little bit strange. Uh, well, anyway, the next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the 16th of September. Feel Yay. free to subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes Store or SoundCloud or YouTube, YouTube. now. Um, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, rate. Um, yeah, 
On SoundCloud, by the way, we're known as FF Union. Yeah, and um, and then it goes the same for KH Union as well. Yeah, if you pretty much search anywhere for Final Fantasy Union, you'll find us. Uh, or if you're on iTunes, then just search for Final Fantasy and we're the number one podcast. So Woo! that's always very pleasing. Yes. Um, and of course, you can catch all the latest news coverage on FinalFantasyUnion.com as well as opinions when we share them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, the stuff like the Final Fantasy VIII um, the feature that we did earlier in the show if you want to get your opinions heard then, be, then definitely comment on those kind of posts whether it's on Twitter or Facebook or um, on the on the website and we'll try to get you up there also you know SoundCloud has um, an amazing ability to where you can post comments at specific time points so if there's anything you want to reference in the show and you want uh, a direct reference to it for other people or us to get back to you then uh, definitely use that otherwise just comment away and uh, we'll reply as best we can hmm. well anyway it's time to say goodbye this episode bye bye and I'm Dara saying goodbye this has been a tweaksmedia.com and funnelfantasyunion.com production another world another time in the age of wonder a thousand years ago this land was green and wild until the crystal